Where were you uh, for the Super Bowl yesterday? I went to one of my good friends' houses. Uh, one of uh, one of my closest friends, and he's a big Giants fan. His roommate is a big Eagles fan. So it's always good when you get to watch uh, a game like this with somebody who's actually a fan of those mm. teams, one yeah. of those teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if not, everybody just kind of has, you know, a common enemy or, you know, like it's not as it's fun. When, I had when... the same thing. I was my uh, girlfriend's roommate, like her. She grew up overseas, but her family, her parents are American. They're from like Jersey. So they're big, uh, big Eagles fans. So it was a big night for her. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, everybody knows uh, I'm a self-loathing Jets fan. Right. Get it. Like, same. Um, I have I like I have the new like the very common New Yorker. Fuck the Eagles. Fuck the Patriots mindset. Mm-hmm. But I, I did kind of get past it. Like getting close to halftime as I was like kind of watching the game. I was like, you know, seeing seeing the crowd around me react a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I think just this once I can. uh I can put down the uh, the despise and yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not like fly eagles fly or anything, but you know you can take down the Patriots for me. Yeah, it so. was it was delicious, and I had uh, I finally had a good jinx. You ever have a good jinx where you wish ill on somebody and then it happens instantly? Yeah. So I, I look at my friend who's the Eagles fan, and uh, he you know he goes to me and he says. Oh, you know, you know, this is the same way every game ends for Tom Brady. He's got the ball, two minutes left. He needs a touchdown. And he knows he's going to get it. So then I look at him, and I've been rooting against Tom Brady as a Jets fan my whole life. And Tom Brady always comes through. He'll come through like 99 out of 100 times. Everybody enjoys that one time. And then it's 99 straight more times where he keeps coming through. So I'm expecting him to come through. And then I don't know why, but I turn, I turn to him and I, and I go, you know, one of these times it just has to blow up in his face in the Super Bowl. Well, that's that's kind of what they were saying on Off the Wall yesterday. Jared had it right. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and I just looked at him and I was like, one of these times, and I shit you not. I mean, you could ask him to confirm this. Like 15 seconds later, he drops back for that pass and gets stripped for the fumble, and the Eagles recover. That to was steal such the game. a beautiful moment. Oh my yeah. god! And it was, and he looks at me. Oh just like, my he's god! Like, you called it, and I was like, ah! We all got excited. We had a good laugh. We uh, laughed at Tom Brady. Moping on the ground. Yeah, I laughed at Tom fun. Brady a lot. Um, by the way, and I said mm. this in the chat earlier, I want to get I want to get more ears on this because I feel like it, it came and went really quickly. And in Twitter, it, it was even quick for Twitter. Did you see the video of Tom Brady kissing his son on the mouth? You know, I I didn't. I was all I was reminded of a previous incident where Tom Brady uh, was smooching that son. Um, how many kids does Tom Brady have? Uh, due to my lack of, uh, yeah, we'll just say I'm assuming he has more I, than I would, one because I, I remember he has two. How or was he two? Smooth? Maybe three. How young was the child he was kissing yesterday? Okay, it looked like, and again, I don't know enough about him, but I'm just speculating. It looked like the kid. I mean, he had to be. Is he a teenager? He, no, 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 no. He's okay. between the ages. I would say, if I had to guess, I would say like seven. Okay, fair enough. Because I now, heard, I heard something like several years ago that like Tom Brady is getting like filmed and interviewed at his home. And you know, this is secondhand knowledge I have here. So I, I don't really care though. It's Tom Brady. Um, and his son ran an errand for him or something came into his room. And this is like an older son now, probably like a teenager at this point. Um, gave him like a kiss on the cheek and Brady tells him that's all I get. And the kid gave him lip to lip. Like, and then walked out of the room. Okay, but now you have another point. Very, to make. very similar. Okay, very similar. But this time he's sitting at home. I looked like home, or he's in a training room, and he's on the training table getting worked on. Perfectly normal thing for an athlete. No big deal. Son walks in the room, or someone's already in the room, and he goes to give his, uh, you know, give his dad a kiss. Now, I do want a disclaimer. This with, I don't want to sit here and shit on parents who kiss their kids on the lips. I realized later in my life that that was an actual thing that some families and parents do. If you're comfortable with that up to a certain age, I think, I guess that's fine. I'm not trying to like shit on that aspect of it. What I was trying to shit on is they do their lip kiss 
And it was like a quick thing. So again, with that understanding that some families do it, not that big of a deal. Kids walking away. And then he said the same thing. He's like, he's like, oh, that's like, that's all I get. And then he comes back and he gives him like this very, I, I wouldn't say it was like a romantic kiss, but it was like a very prolonged. That happened last night. Yeah, maybe maybe I, this is the same clip we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think it might be the same clip. We're talking about. Yeah, but he like sits there and he's holding his lips on this kid for like three seconds, a good three seconds. I mean, and I guess and I was listening to Podfathers this morning, and you know, shout out Clem. Shout out but, Clem. You know, Clem said that he goes, he's like, I was laughing when I saw the video. You know, uh, that's all I get. Yeah, what else is there? For you and your son kissing. What, yeah, what else this comes whole, after that? This whole thing is very strange to me. So, and you know what? We might, we're probably talking about the same video here. I'm, I'm like 99% sure we are. But this kid, like, this can't, that has to be a known thing. Like, this has had to have happened several times in the past for it to be so casual here. Yeah, so that that irked me. I, I finally, oh, I, I, oh, I'm, I'm, I just feel a little squirmy. I don't know about this. Something. So I feel like we're missing information. Is my point. I, I feel like we don't have all the details that we should have here on that. It's, but it's not great so far. Right. Uh, okay. Don't. Yeah. Don't want to get too carried away, but I had to get that off my chest. I, I had a very busy day at work today. It was on my mind all day. So that's where we're at. That's fine. I'm. Gl- I'm glad you did. Um. Well, that's cool. Did you enjoy the game? Do you have any? What do you eat? Uh, we had pizza, a couple of pizzas. Yeah, we just went to town on pizza. Um, that's it. Pizza's good. Pizza's Fucking universal. Man. Yeah, I mean, hey, pizza's great food. Great. I made. Food. I got bougie with it. I made. Um, I got. I made like spinach parmesan balls. Yeah, but those are nice. That's a they're good, good, man. They're good. And good. I did, I did like, I had leftover Parmesan cheese, and I got like biscuits and, and like hot dogs, and I did like you know those things. Like, I made Super Bowl food, but I just basically because I didn't eat anything all day, and I was really hungry when I got to the grocery store. So it was just like, it's gonna be family style. Nice. Everyone was fed. We had a good time. We watched football. It was, uh, it was a good one. I'm glad. I'm glad he lost. I am glad he lost. Yes. Thrilled. Thrilled. You know, I was making fun of one of my good internet friends as uh, the Patriots are losing. Um, th- this guy, AK, and he's a big Celtics fan. You know, I, I we always rib each other, but you know, I tweeted him I tweeted him something basically about the Patriots losing. He's just like, Oh, you know, I'm not ta- I'm not taking shit from perennial losers today. And then uh, I was like, Well, joke's on you because uh, as a guy who long ago accepted that he'll never see sports success outside of the Yankees. My mm. victories are your defeats. So I will enjoy this much more than a Jets Super Bowl that I'll never watch in my lifetime. Not so going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it is what it is. You can't, you know how this is as a Knicks fan, and this is the world we live in. You can't disappoint us. We're perpetually disappointed. This is the world we live in. You can't out-disappoint us. And yet, somehow, somehow I still manage to be disappointed by the Knicks. And you know who I'm actually getting disappointed by? Like, for real now? Disappointed by the Rangers, man. I am disappointed by the Rangers. They have a couple of weeks longer till a trade deadline, and now it's like Ryan McDonough is on the trading block, and Matt Zuccarello is on the trading block, and Elaine Vigneault doesn't know what he's doing, and, uh, you know, fucking uh, Pavel Bushnevich isn't getting any minutes or anything. And honest to God, like, I'm barely watching Rangers games at this point, so... Shout out to the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast for keeping me informed at all. But dude, they are they are kicking my ass right now. I I just I can't believe it. The esteemed sure. Rangers. He's, this has been the same team for like you know eight years now or something like that, and it, you know more or less. And now it's just it's all falling apart. That's wildly unfortunate. Yep. Yep. Anyway, are we uh, ready to finally talk about the Knicks? I think we are. Welcome, everybody, to the TKW Podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. I have with me today from somewhere in Connecticut, 
Uh, is it snowing by you? Is it supposed to? I don't know. It's a blizzard by me right now. But from probably perpetually snowy Connecticut, Kyle Maggio. What's up, buddy? No, uh, still basking in this Patriots loss. So good. Good. Good here. It's good. It's all good. Um, all right. So we have, a, I guess, a little bit of news today. Uh, we don't have, we don't even have that much to get to, but uh, let's start with kind of the stuff on everyone's mind. Billy Hernan Gomez's name was in the headlines all day today. Uh, he's apparently requested a trade now from the Knicks. Um, this is all coming after he was previously, you know, mentioned as like the building block of the future. They were saying in his uh, in the letter over the summer from management, and you know, obviously was slated to get a lot of minutes, probably be the starter on this team before Cantor came over. And, you know, it's kind of the peak of this fall from grace. The trade deadline is in just a couple of days. Uh, what do you what do you think about this? This Billy trade, first of all, because there's a couple of different points we can break down here or pretend or his desire to be traded, I should say. Um, I mean, two things. One, Ian Begley, friend of the site, just uh, put up a new post on this updated at 725. So as is the norm with. All of our pods of late, every time we start, more news flows in. So it's tough, man. There's, there's a ton going on this time of year. It's no, just, you know. no, I mean, it's it's good for us because there's more to talk about. But, um, yeah, so for me, and I was just sort of sifting through his article here, but for me, I'm sort of indifferent on the, the Billy trade because, I mean, I get it. I, he was, you know, on the all-rookie team last year. He had a really good year after he uh, was finally allowed to start. And I mean, clearly he's talented, if nothing else, offensively. And, you know, for a guy on a great affordable contract, I, I mean, it makes sense for you to want to play him and see what you've got in him. On the other hand, acquiring Ennis Cantor wasn't a thing like they set out to do. They were just trying to get the best assets that they could for Carmelo Anthony. And, that's what they did. And, and, you know, they got Ennis Cantor, they got Doug McDermott and Cantor plays big minutes. And ultimately that's eaten up almost all of Billy's minutes. Cause him and O'Quinn and Noah, when he was healthy, you know, all rotated last year. So I, I get being frustrated with that. If you're Billy, I do. I, I mean, when he's been in, he hasn't really been great either, but you could always argue if he needs to play through that work off the rust, but I, I don't know, because I, we all like Billy on this site and, you know, we we pulled for him pretty hard and right. He fit. He fit the timeline. You know, everything with KP from overseas made sense, you know, and, and he still does. And I think I think what matters is um, what the Knicks do with the, at the deadline. And I think one of those things has to be getting rid of a, a veteran center. And I don't think it should be Billy. I, I think what it appears to me from the rumors is it looks like, you know, they put some feelers out for Noah just to see if they can find anyone to absorb his contract. It seems like that's just not happening unless they give up with their lottery pick. So that's out of the question. And then you have O'Quinn. O'Quinn is still like 25. You know, he's a really good rotation, big, really good uh, bench guy. And you know what? In a lot of places. And then the thing with him is that he's been good you know, during his tenure at the Knicks, I think this is his third year with us now. Yep. Um, no one expected him to be this good this year. I think he's taken a much bigger leap than we've even given him credit for. And he's, you know, finally found a legitimate role on the team. Yeah. And I do want to, on that note uh, for Kyle O'Quinn, I do want to stop this. Uh, it seems to be like an NBA Twitter thing where guys can only be really good players because they play two sides of the court and, they're really good. And if they're not really good, then they just stink. Like we never hear like, Oh, guys are okay. Like he's a fine player. It's always, you know, we, we don't care about 12 good or decent or consistent Kyle O'Quinn games. It's like Kyle O'Quinn has two bad games. It's like, well, there's Kyle O'Quinn. He stinks. And I mean, I used to be a Kyle O'Quinn critic. That's not, that's well known, but it's like, I'm just getting tired of hearing like guys straight up stink when, they're just an okay basketball player. I think we just got to go back to using the proper terminology. Get frustrated with that. Um, but anyway, so I don't know. I mean, I feel for Billy. 
I, I do. I he wants to play. Yeah, no, I, it, it's it's pretty obvious. Like, he just wants to get somewhere to get some playing time. I don't even think he cares about, like, going to a winning team or anything like that. You know, he's 20, no, he just wants he's to 23. He's, you know, on an affordable contract. He just wants to go somewhere where he can get, I think, even just backups minutes. Like, he's not asking for all that much here. Um, yeah. Oh, what was I going to say? Who was it? Was it Begley himself when he came on the pod or was it uh, JB? Somebody brought this exact situation up where they were like, I think it may have been JB. And, and he said, you know, basically about the Billy thing, because, I, I, you know, we were arguing the point of, well, do you just not trade him because he's Chris Tapp's friend? And then JB, I believe it was, brought it up and said, well, what if he's still a professional player? He's still a basketball player. He still wants to play. If he's not going to get playing time, if he's frustrated in his situation, Right. Is he supposed to just suck it, it up it, because it Chris Stapps wants him around? It just sounds sillier every time you say it out, out loud. You know, it's right. like, of, like this dude wants to, you know, have a career. How long is being Chris Ops? I was kind of saying, that, saying this from the start. Like, how long is being Chris Ops' friend really going to get you? Well, like, as, exactly. as an NBA career, you need to be able to play if you want to sustain having a career. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly it. He's not Chris Smith. You right. know, Landry Fields being, you know, Jeremy Lin's friend didn't keep him around much longer. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's good if you're going to utilize the player on the team. It's good if the player is being useful for the team at the same time that Chris Stapps is being useful for the team. It doesn't work if they have no plans for Billy. You know, that's I, we're going to learn. Right. This there's next there's week. just nothing in place. That's a big problem. Or well, so I mean, we know. Yeah. I mean, we're going to learn this next week what they want to do for him. If you see O'Quinn get moved. You know, if you see somehow Noah get moved, if if you see two centers get moved, you know what I mean? Like, if, right. if think, there's clearly a, playing time, he'll be. I, yeah, I think if a center gets moved and I think that's the most pressing thing because they need wing help and, you know, God help them point guard help. But um, that, I mean, that's what I'm most looking forward to. I don't really have any like ideal things <laughs> other than like fix the log jam at center and preferably. Yeah, I mean, preferably keep Billy. And if you really think he stinks and you value these other guys over him, then okay. And then find him somewhere right. else to go get, get some kind of an asset back for him. Uh, I think but you can got, get something like it, 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 get something. I, I mean, I think JB brought it up um, in, in the chat maybe an hour ago uh, that the possible market for him now may be a second round pick because right. This the, does, this does diminish his value. Correct. Him, I mean, re- I, him, him requesting a trade, you think it kind of because it forces the Knicks hand more. So I don't think, you know, teams are going to offer quite as much anymore. No, I, I don't think they're going to get anything substantial for him. I don't know that he's worth the first. I, I t- honestly, he's kind of in the O'Quinn value range only because he's still young. Yeah, he, definitely. He, he's still in the all rookie first team. He's got a great contract. He's like five million for three more years. That's I mean, that's really the thing right there. His contract is so great. I think O'Quinn is probably looked at as a better player and a more valuable player uh, and, and by o- most teams right now, because especially because he plays defense. Right. And, and O'Quinn and O'Quinn has a, a very cheap contract that he's outperformed, in my opinion, too. So right, he, he's, he's also not expiring. Valuable. But yeah, right. So it's it's basically the point, you know, that they're both kind of for different reasons, I think, in the same value territory. So I I don't want anybody carried away. Every fan in the NBA does this with, with their teams where we romanticize our own guys and go, well, he's worth the first or, you know, it's it's not it's not that, you know, if we get a second, that's nice. We, we mostly I, right. more than a second. I just want like a young wing. But well, I I think if he's actually going to get moved, I think he's going to get moved in a package. You know, like if anything, the Knicks will start using him more as a, as a legit bargaining piece on moving Courtney Lee. Or maybe I don't see a team that's really going to look to acquire both him and O'Quinn in one deal. But, you know, I, I think he's going to get moved with uh, with Courtney Lee. Um, I did put together a couple of uh, quick trade ideas if you want to shit on them real quick yep um so it's tough i'm trying to find these the you know the correct the teams you might actually have used for them or actually might come calling um i've kind of settled for a couple of them this one i am i think the value is probably too high coming back from the other team um but tell me what you think of this because this kind of this kind of works on a different level too Courtney Lee and Billy 
for Fareed and the 2018 first. Too much? Say that one more time. Lee and Billy for Fareed and their 2018 first. Denver. Probably too Probably too much. Probably I mean, too. What if we yeah, sent I, I, back the second round pick from the Bulls too? So we give them a second. Second, Billy, Lee. Billy and Courtney Lee for their first right. this year and Fareed. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that Denver would be into that. I, I, I get. Yeah, I, I know. Because only because only because Gary Harris, uh, Jamal, not that Courtney Lee's a guard, but. No, but they have a lot of those like small wings in there. Yeah, like Will Barton's having a really good year. Yeah, I just think Will Barton off the bench is is a better option than like they got to find a place for Wilson Chandler too. Maybe he comes back. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. You know, but I don't. I don't particularly like the other. The only reason that um, I thought might be interesting is because you reunited him with his brother. Okay. You put him there with uh, what is Wancho? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they might look to do something like that or maybe lower that value into a second round pick of some sort. Um, I don't know. It's interesting to me. I think uh, Denver is a potential landing spot in some form is interesting to me. Um, Okay, here we go. I don't know how much value the Spurs are putting on their second round picks right now, but Courtney Lee and Billy for Patty Mills and next year's second. From the Spurs. It gets Mills mm-hmm. out of there to open up some playing time a little bit. We could use the help at point guard. And they get Courtney Lee to help clean up some minutes with Kawhi out, even though Kawhi is a much bigger player than Lee. They can kind of change their game up a little bit there. Um, probably play Lee at the two, maybe Danny Green at the three. Um, and, and yeah, they get Billy to, you know, play with Powell, they have the connection down there and potentially, you know, use as a uh, as a replacement player for when Powell eventually does leave them. And yeah, and I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. I almost want to say the next two Spurs seconds, but I don't know if that's pushing it. Okay. But that I mean, that the the salaries I, match up, it's kinda of interesting. I don't know. I I mean I've always liked um I've always liked uh, Mills in San Antonio. I I honestly thought he was going to take over the starting role from right, but Deontay Tony. seems to have that pretty locked up now. Uh, yeah, I mean he took a a pretty significant step forward. So, uh, yeah, I mean I would for us I would like that. I I've always been high on Mills. Mills is better than every point guard we have in our roster right now. That's a low bar to clear, obviously, but it is what it is. I feel like Billy is a perfect player for the Spurs to take on at this point too. Like young prospect that they're going to develop into like a very meaningful player. Like if anyone's going to get the best out of him, it's got to be them. It's possible. All right. Um, here's the last one. Um, Courtney Lee and Billy Hernan Gomez, mostly just in this trade because he wants out, and this is a good way to get him out for. Uh, Alex Abrinas, Patrick Patterson, and the son of a bitch. Thunder's 2019 second. That was the same trade that I had that I was going to propose. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's probably the most likely, right? Yeah, I mean, because it shores up our immediate needs to a degree. It gives you, you them give, the Roberson fill. Yeah, I mean, to a degree. I mean, Roberson's a much better defender than Courtney Lee, but yeah, Courtney but it's kind of it's a, the best they're going to get on the market right now. Like, no is one it, on their bench is going to step up and fill that role, right? And then on top of that, maybe what Courtney brings offensively helps shore up what Roberson couldn't ever give you offensively. I don't know. I, the The value might not be all the way there, but I think you can make a case for it. You know. Um, it, it there is needs on both. I don't really know how much the Knicks need those two players, but at least they get the pick. They get, you know, well, they get shorter it, contract control. Both of those guys expire next year. If you get a Brandis, you you get wing help. It is basically you don't have to just play him at shooting guard. As long as you have more guys, more shooters on the wing, that's important. So I get that aspect of it. And again, he's younger, so it's not like you know you're, you're trading. Like positionally, like Courtney Lee plays a lot on the wing and he's very good, but he makes more money. He's got three years on his deal. 
including right. this one. Right. That's the pill they'd 11, have to swallow. $11 million a pop where you can get two years at five and a half million of a younger prospect. So then you're back on the timeline. You have money to throw out some free agents going forward. So, I mean, I, this and is one, you know what that, that I, I like. I think they swallow the Courtney Lee like contract and length on that because they don't know what's going to happen with Paul George after, you know, this, after um, this summer. And, and, you know, you, you, it's just like, now is their chance. Like if they're going to make it happen, they got to make it happen now. Um, so I don't know. I think they eat the rest of that Courtney Lee contract, which is not really terrible. Um, no, it's, it's really not that bad. It's yeah, actually, it, he's been a very good player since he's been here. It's just been lost. Right. He's, he's a, he's not, it's not like he's a negative player and his contract is only like 12 a year for the next, you know, two years after this season. Um, which in the grand scheme of things, like we're saying, it's not really that bad. That's all I had. I'm sorry to uh, steal your trade. Did you have one or another one you wanted to throw at me? No, I was honestly, I, I knew you were going to have like two or three. So I was waiting yeah. for you to get done with three. So I could be like, well, what about this? And then uh-huh. you had the same, yeah. And then you had the same one as I did. So I, I, I tried piecing some other quick ones together to have. Dude, one. I swear to God, I went through every team where I'd, I went through every team and then like tried to narrow them down by what made any samples of sense. And this is all I got. I, I did have a Clippers trade. I just, uh, I don't know if they make another move. Now, I I know that they want to get rid of Avery Bradley. And then I thought, well, Avery Bradley would actually be kind of nice here. So I I had one deal to get him here with uh, Billy going over to the Clippers with the assumption that they're going to move DeAndre Jordan. So he'd be able to kind of take those center minutes that are just, inevitably coming to whoever's playing center for the Clippers. Who else is playing center for the Clippers? Uh, I don't know who's going to even be playing for the Clippers soon. I God, I have to see. It was a fun ride to, to see good Clipper basketball after not seeing that for my whole life. So it's over now, though. Uh, sorry, anyway. sorry, sorry. I'm just pulling. I'm trying to pull up the... Uh the Clippers roster right now, because I want to see who else is playing center for them. I'm, well, I'm like genuine. I have no fucking idea. I'm genuinely really curious right now. Well, while you do that, I'm going to set uh, the scene for uh, this weekend's debacle of a game versus the Hawks. So uh, Montrez Harrell. Montrez. Oh, they got yeah. Boban. Boban. Oh, that guy is. He, he's. Boban's about to get forty minutes a fucking night. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, Boban looks like Tom Brady. He looks exact. I was thinking this last night. Every time I saw Tom Brady, like Brady looks like a shorter, like more baby-faced Boban Marjanovic. Or Boban. Or or Boban just looks like Tom Brady if he got beat over the face with a meat tenderizing hammer. So <laughs> there's also that, but something like that. He got like rolled out and beat down with it. But this yeah, Knicks yeah, Hawks game. Yeah. No, the Knicks Hawks game. It started off. I mean, it was a little competitive game as are every game that the Knicks play against a, what should be inferior team. And Knicks are pulling ahead late. Everything seemed to be going good. It was a nice back and forth game though. No, no really giant leads whatsoever. So it was nice. And um, the turning point came after a call got negated for the Knicks. Now, I was very openly confused by the call on Twitter. I had a great deal of you guys well actually me like you had all heard of the deal, uh, the rule before. So maybe you did. Maybe you did. Uh, I sure didn't. So. There's no shame in that. I just never heard of that being called. That, it was, it, come on. Like, I get now, it. It's a rule. Oh, my. It, I, like, nobody, I, I've never seen that. I don't think anyone my, who's listened to my this initial, has seen that. My initial shock and anger was because I never even heard of that rule or seen that ever yeah. called. And I realized it must have been quite some time because somebody will actually me. And then they go, oh, yeah, 
here's a clip from the last time that I can remember them calling it. And it was like this grainy footage of a late nineties college basketball game. And I was like, if it's been almost it wasn't 20 even years in the NBA. Time, yeah. I was like, if it's been over 20 years since the last time you've seen that call, that's sort of my point is you never see this call, but I digress. What ended up happening? The call in question was Bazemore got fouled. It was, it looked like a phantom foul, but they called it a foul. Respect the call. He's on the line for two. He misses the free throws. Knicks, it wasn't a fast break, but Knicks got the rebound. It was a half-court set. They moved the ball to KP on the right block. KP's not backing down, but he's, you know, back to the uh, basket. Timmy comes. Timmy didn't have a great game, but made a great cut here. Comes flying down the lane. KP hits him with a nice little bounce pass. Timmy goes up, slams it in, gets fouled. Big moment. Knicks go up by, I think it was, they were up four at the time. That would have put him up. Six, uh, about to be seven. If I'm remembering correctly. If not, it would have been four, about to be five. Whatever. So, um, after this, so now, remember, they they let basically an entire shot clock go. And I say basically because I'll lead up to the rule in a second. And they call a new foul. All this happens. And then they go, well, you know what? We're not sure about what we may have messed up with Kent Bazemore, so we're going to go back and look at it. So what I thought was reasonable would have been, okay, this all just happened. No big deal. We're going to put this off to the side for now. If we need to award Kent Bazemore another shot, he's just going to go shoot a shot by himself. Yeah, it seems logical. Seems logical. So apparently the rule is they ended up saying, well, he should have gotten a third free throw. It was a three down to two. So apparently the rule is it's called a correctable call. You have 24 full seconds to make that change, I guess, after play starts again. Okay. So basically yep. One, yep. one full shot clock. So he missed that second free throw. Knicks got the rebound. They went down court, did their whole half court set like normal, and um, they just ended up scoring. But it ended up happening about 22 or 23 seconds into that 24-second clock that the refs had because of that when play stopped after the foul they decided well we're going to go back and look at it and they did technically make the correct call according to the rule but the optics stunk and everybody seemed confused by it including the announcers so it was a very confusing scene because normally in a lot of instances it feels like normally you just give like a technical free throw and you let them go about their way. I was ignorant to this and I learned something. So there's that, but they apparently by their own rules made the correct call. So it is what it is. The Knicks ended up going on a six Oh run after that anyway, to really stretch the lead. And then they just imploded in the last minute and a half because they're the Knicks. So mm -hmm. they didn't have any, that's why when people are mad about it, they didn't lose the game because of that call. They went on a run after that call and then proceeded to lose the game. So they actually responded well to that only to let down at the last minute and get bombarded by corner threes as they always do. So, yeah, it seemed uh Hardaway got a bit shook by that. Um, and then he, he was putting up bad shots, stepped out of bounds, all that stuff. Um, I guess that was kind of more Trey Burke's fault than anyone though. Um, the only thing that I was displeased with was KP had a really, really, really shitty first half. Yeah. Just yeah, like six shot. points, right? Yeah. I mean, he had like two threes. He was like two for nine. It was gross, right? Yeah. Second half, he starts hitting everything. And on top of that, I think he finished with eight rebounds. He was more aggressive on the boards. He got fouled on a couple, you know, a couple of, uh, put back attempts. And yeah. He came up he, big in the fourth, which his game has right. been pretty severely lacking. So. Well, well, he ended up with, I think 23 points, eight rebounds, five steals and five blocks. I mean, he had a really well-rounded game. He, he wasn't really there offensively. He stopped forcing it. Second half, he got within the flow of the offense, which is all that we ever asked him to do. Yep. Just stop. Set the screen it, it, at the end. Like he knew yep. what he was doing. He, he, was, he was setting some screens, blocking everything, stealing everything. He was in the passing lanes. Like, that's what we want to see. If you can't, if you're still growing, you're still learning offensively, that's fine. But seeing that kind of well-rounded effort consistently is more important. And that was really exactly. encouraging. Yeah. If there was a silver lining to a horrific, inexcusable loss like that, that was it. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, 
you heard what he said last night. It didn't really seem that way to him. Uh, he said that he couldn't even process that they lost. Like he's starting to sound very frustrated. Um, I don't know if we need to take too many lines away from what he's saying, but that, you know, there's Cornelius called it the most embarrassing game of the season. Um, you know, it, it's just that they couldn't recover after that, like crazy foul. Like it, it looked like it shook the whole team. You know, no one really knew what to make of the situation. And, you know, it cost them. The, the Hawks executed on it. They, um, you know, they scored, they scored on a couple of good looks and that, and that was it. You know, somehow, I don't know why the, you know, I don't know what Hornstack was thinking at the end either. Obviously, Hardaway's been struggling all game. You know, KP heated up a little bit. He had, you know, 10 points in the fourth quarter. The guy can shoot. Get it to him to win the game. Were you know, uh, how much were they down by at the end? <coughs> they, is it a two-point game or a three-point game? Um, I believe it was a two-point game. I two believe point. it was. I believe it was ninety-eight, ninety-six at that time. Okay, so do what you can. Like you got this guy who can shoot over literally anybody in the league. Toss it to him. Get it to him in the mid-range. That's where KP likes it. Like I, I. I understand it's not pretty, but you know when you got to squeeze this thing out, you can get it. Tie the game. I, I honestly don't mind. Timmy's been mostly good all year. I didn't mind it. I just didn't like the play called. You had him like almost run like a not a wheel route, but you had him like come flying in right in front of the inbounder, and it, it's tight. They're pressuring the inbounder. You have him cut right in there, squeeze in. There's two defenders. It's not a lot of room to work to begin with. So. To try to force the ball in there, I didn't understand the positioning. I didn't understand the play call. I just, you know, I watched. I, did, I, I didn't mind. I know. I know he wanted to ride with Timmy, or at least start to play with Timmy, because Timmy's also a playmaker on this team. So I got that. I understood that. At least him as the starting point. But I just didn't understand the position. This just seemed like the perfect opportunity. You know, it, like in the long run, this loss to the Hawks isn't really going to matter much for shit. But. You know, these are the games where it's a perfect opportunity to put KP in like a clutch position and be like, we need you to execute here. You know, even if he misses it or it doesn't work out or whatever, like they're the big moments we need to get for him so he can grow and learn from them and then be able to execute that when it actually counts. Um, I don't know. I just, I like, I get it, but like Tim Hardaway Jr. has gone through the ropes more. I don't know. Did you read that uh, New York Times piece that came out on him today? I did not. Uh, it was by, I wrote it down here. Um, Mike Vakunov? I don't know. Very, uh, I don't know what kind of last name he has, but um, it was good. He, you know, they talked about the, the metrics on Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, he used to clean the glass to show that, uh, you know, he's got a, they're a 48 win team when, you know, Jimmy's been playing and 28 win without him this season. Um, you know, like they were talking about his growth when he went down to the Hawks, like how Budenholzer and that staff got him into shape. Like, I think Timmy's already already knows the like effects of, of being down in the NBA. I feel like he's more ready. He knows what he's doing in these clutch situations. And maybe that's why they went to him at the end, even though he had a poor night. But, you know, in the long run, I think it's going to be better to get KP groomed in those kind of situations and let him try to. I don't know, like be the, be the hero here for once. It's going to keep him a little happier. Um, I, it's just, it's frustrating to see them lose that way. I guess. I don't know. The frustrating thing is we've seen them have good games against pretty good teams and they falter in a lot of games that they should be winning. We've seen this with the bulls three times. We've seen this with the Hawks two times now. So that's where the frustrations lie. And then, you know, we it's not like we're asking for a lot with um, what we see as fans in terms of coaching changes or at least changes to the, the strategy. But, you know, benching Jared Jack late in game seems like a no brainer. And it's not, you know, it's like what I, or, you know, playing KP at the five down the stretch, because every time that happens, good th- you know, good things happen. It seems like a no brainer. And yet it's not. You know, we're not saying these things need to be constants, you know, constantly bench Jared Jack or constantly have KP at the five. But, if but there are things just, you can attempt, you know, th- there's things you can attempt if you just use them 
in the right spells, it's exactly. fine. And it seems like more often than not, 90% of the time, he just does the wrong, the obviously wrong thing. It's not, it's not like it's a little thing that he tried that didn't work out from game to game. It's like the same obvious thing every game. And that's when guys get frustrated. Yeah. So, yep. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, it's very, it's just very monotonous at this point, right? Like it's what's draining all the fun out of watching the team. It's, it's, yeah. we're not seeing anything that gives us any kind of signs that, you know, this is going to get better. We just see the same poor decisions getting made over and over again. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. And I don't really care for Horn a second. I feel like I the most we've gotten all year is Trey Burke getting minutes. Like that's that's literally the biggest change that's come all season is that Trey Burke has gotten minutes in the last couple of games. Pretty much, I mean, I just, God, man, I, I don't understand how Frank is getting buried here for Jared Jack for the life of me. I don't. He was, I mean, he was hurt to sit out the rest of that second game, uh, the second half of the game. But uh, over as a whole, I, I but as a whole, get, yes, you're because correct. because the argument for playing veterans is to you know quote unquote win now. So if you're winning now, then I can understand your justification, whether or not I agree with it, because the results are there for the outcome you intended. But if you're in win now mode playing veterans and you lose every game, now I'm confused. So what what's the worst thing that could happen if you go to Frank? You lose. You've already been losing. So that's sort of where we get confused because if you want to lose, you can lose with Frank and maybe see better basketball or, you know, I don't understand why you, you keep losing with a veteran. You're supposed to be winning with. That's how the season started. You know, Jared Jack basically won the job up until this point because he had a really good start to the year and they were right. winning. So what rationale is there now when they constantly lose and he runs out of gas? I don't know. It's very frustrating. Uh, a, a change really needs to happen. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's, it, you know, and then we get news today that the starting lineup might get shaken up a little bit, but that Jarrett Jackson continue playing with the, uh, with the starters. Like I get not starting Frank at this point, but you know, I, uh, I'm saying like maybe give Trey Burke a couple attempts at starting. That took a lot to get out of me. I didn't really, I like, it doesn't sound great. It's not appealing to me at all, but. You know, like Jared Jack doesn't sound great either starting at point guard and he's not performing well. So give one of the other guys a shot. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know anymore. Anything else from this game you wanted to get to? No, that's all I have from this. God, you, I mean... I sound way too angry, but you just sounded like you got beat over the head with something. It, because we, you, you just sound like I just told you like like your we, dog died. That's, no, it's it's because we do this podcast every week. We do it twice a week, and then when you talk about the same obvious things that are happening, it just I, like I, you almost lose. There's nothing else for you to say. It's like yeah, very clearly, Jared Jack stinks, and we got to shoot him into the sun. I mean, I, I don't know how many times, and it's not our fault. We have to do this. But I don't know yeah. how many times we could talk about the same obvious glaring issue to the team. I mean, even with the log jam at center, you know, even with the lack of depth on the wings and, and even for the point guard position, like it just a very obvious move is to just start Frank or even just give Frank a bigger workload for I think it was December. Yeah, December. He averaged like 25 minutes a game and he just fell off a cliff after that. I, and his play was getting better the more he was playing. So right. I'm very confused how we got to this point where we revoked all his minutes. I, maybe he's sneaking around after curfew. I don't know. I don't know how we got to this point. It's just the he's same. 19 years old. The fuck the is he going to do? I don't know. Jason Tatum tried to get into a club the other night. <laughs> Jason Tatum is also about to be a father. Did you know Jason Tatum is only 19 years old? Yes, I did know that. Right. Well, a lot of people don't seem to. Everybody seems surprised. Um. All right, so let's let's step back then. Let's step away from the Knicks for a few. Let's look at the rest of the league. Um, trade deadline is coming up. It'll give us some new storylines to talk about for the Knicks. Hopefully, maybe 
Otherwise, we're just going to be saying how they just didn't do anything again. And we're just going to keep rolling out the same damn podcast every, you know, two days a week. But, um, but anyway, trade deadlines coming up. The rest of the league. Anything else interesting you out there? Any, uh, I know you mentioned Avery Bradley might uh, get moved once again. I don't know. Do you, do you see any spots for him? I mean, we mentioned uh, the Thunder already. I don't yeah, know. would the Cavs I mean, have any know, interest? Or I mean, there's going to be interest. I don't know if they're going to be able to. The, the Cavs are interested in everybody because they have to be, you know. So I don't, you know, I, I think they're definitely interested. They obviously need the perimeter help. Uh, apparently, every metric in the world has Avery Bradley is a terrible defender, despite the fact that he's a phenomenal on-ball defender. It's one of those eye, eye test doesn't match the metrics kind of things. This is this has got in his whole career, but I digress. Um, can can they are, or do you think that the Cavs are willing to or should they move it? I think they'd be smart to before they have to pay him. I, I don't think. Oh, I don't know. You think he's still getting paid? I mean, he's going to get paid. I don't know how much, but he's going to get paid. Man, he is getting he his value has been halved at least. Yeah, I I don't I don't know I I don't think they're going to trade him to be honest because if they trade him it concedes that they had no idea what the fuck they were doing with yeah. the Kyrie Irving trade. So Dan Gilbert's kind of a dumb owner. I don't really see him um, saving face here. I, I think he just kind of goes down with the ship on this one, but. Um, I know that they're looking at George Hill. They're they're just looking at guard play, yeah. Perimeter help, uh, perimeter help as a whole. So they're they're interested in everybody. Um, as as for Avery Bradley and sort of the rest of the Clippers, that's sort of what I have my eye on because they have really good pieces and those guys could help a lot of teams. And yeah, they're, I was, gone. they're they're gone. They're already marked. You know, DeAndre's gone. You think? See, I'm hearing different things about them. Like, I hear a lot of people saying that they they think that they're everyone's getting moved, or like you're saying right now that they're you know they're already done. And I've been hearing a lot of people say that they might even be more positioned to make the playoffs now. So I don't know. I mean, you obviously don't think so, but why not? I just think if if you sign, what I thought the Clippers were going to do after they re-signed Blake, and I think what everyone thought was. You re-sign Blake, you hope he stays healthy, sort of like the Amari Stoudemire deal. Yeah. You hope he stays healthy, gives you a start to build around, you hope for the best. You still had DeAndre Jordan, very good top couple of centers. So you have that. And then in that hall for Chris Paul, you got Pat Beverly, who's, who's, I mean, he's injured, he's done for the year, but you had Pat Beverly, who's just a scrappy, phenomenal, excellent defender. He could shoot really well from three. So to me, it didn't have the makings of like a blow it up team. It was you're basically continuing after CP3. You still got some stars in this yeah, team. Yeah, it looked, good, it looked good. You had Lou Will off the, the bench. For to Chris shoot. Paul looked good. Yeah, so I was kind of all in. I had they were my scrappy underdog team for the year. I'm like, I don't know why people are counting them out. This is a good six seed in my opinion. They pulled it together then, for a minute. Well, before they traded Blake, they they climbed back in after they had a, a bad slide. I think they were in the seventh seed, eighth seed before they traded Blake. And they just, I guess they realized there was too much risk with the Blake deal. And that's why I'm all in on they're blowing it up because if you're going to trade Blake, then you're not trading Blake to keep DeAndre and build around DeAndre. You didn't trade Blake to build around Tobias Harris. So... Yeah. To I think they, they try to ride but, out a couple of stars. Like, I don't think they go full implosion. Like, like I don't think they move, like, both Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley. Um, but I, I definitely would see one of them going as, like, a centerpiece, and then maybe, like, two or three of these other players that they got in their various trades. Um, and then try to, you know, keep the rest around, put together a slightly respectable season, and then, you know, full tank from there. Nick Gallo said as much as possible. Hmm. Poor guy. Poor Gallo, man. That dude is never like his best years really were in New York. He could never get healthy in Denver. Like he had a couple of, he had like a playoff year with them was hurt all the rest of the time. And then all of a sudden he's uh, on this 
shell of a Clippers team. That dude's making money, though. What am I saying? Anyway, do we? Have, is there anything else to talk about with these teams or the NBA? Or are we all just like fully in waiting mode for the next big thing to happen? Yeah, I think we're just kind of in a holding pattern. Yeah, There's not we're a lot kinda, of rumors going yeah. around. Just a that's a better way to put it. It's not a lot of suspense. It's more like a holding pattern. So I, I don't know. I mean, we're gonna have a good pod next week, just because a lot a lot's gonna go down on uh, on Thursday, but. Yeah. It's this Thursday, right? Yeah, it's this Thursday. So we'll, yeah. we'll, have, we'll have some stuff to talk about this Thursday. Yeah, so I mean, that, that'll that be fine. But, you know, it, we, just a recap. We have the same speculation. It's Kyle O'Quinn, Courtney Lee, now maybe Billy, and the rest of the yeah, league. Yeah, probably Billy. I think the Clippers are the first dominoes to fall. And then once you get a couple Clippers out of there, yeah. Yeah, I could see like some Houston. I could see like Ryan Anderson maybe getting moved. I could see, you know. It could be any of them, like mid-tier players, like you know Marcus Smart heading out somewhere, like Moody A, Rodney Hood might even be on the move. So, and then you know once all those start going nuts, or you know maybe even before, that's when we're gonna have, uh, that's where we're gonna see the the Clippers sell off or the Knicks start to make their moves or whoever. But potential, man, there's potential. We're gonna well, one way or another, we're gonna have some kind of some kind of news. So. Um, in the meantime, when we plug some things, please uh, review, please give us a rating, please subscribe to us. It just makes things easier for all of us. You know what I'm saying? Um, go to nickswall.com. Ty Jordan is back. That was our mystery writer we were uh, hinting at last episode. Uh, he has a piece up on the site right now. Um, it's, uh, it's available for you all to go see. Um, anything you want to plug, Kyle? Um, no, just buy some TKW merch. Um, make sure, you know, you're keeping up with everything that we have going on, all the articles, especially during uh, trade season. Yeah, this one's so, going to be big. Um, yeah, we're going to have a so, bunch of pieces coming out there. So. Yep. Um, on that note, besides just keeping up with the regular articles, make sure you're following Nick's Film School. Make sure you're following JB because um, for any potential deals or rumors that are happening, or any actual deals that do happen, um, he's gonna have all the salary, you know, and yeah. uh, team finances and all those ramifications. He's gonna have those up very quickly because he just enjoys doing that. So those will be up. So make sure you're following him for all that. Um, listen to we, Off the Wall. New episode came out yesterday. Yep. yep. Make sure you listen to Off the Wall. Uh, subscribe. Listen to that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. That's about it. I think so too. So I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you on Thursday after the craziness. All right, sounds good, buddy. Take it easy.